Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the plague. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Welcome back to another edition of Through the Spoke, a Miami Hurricanes football and recruiting podcast here on the 24-7 Sports Network. David Lake joined, as always, by Gabby Urrutia here to recap a small but important official visit weekend here that the Miami Hurricanes football program just hosted. Uh, Six visitors uh, took in the scenes in Coral Gables and the city of Miami. And we are here to break it down. Some key targets at some positions of need were in South Florida over the weekend. So let's hop to it. And and Gabby, as we recap these official visits, we'll just go in order of their recruiting rankings. So that means let's start with Mr. Five-star defensive lineman, Justin Scott. I believe he's the sixth five-star defensive lineman to visit Miami here in this month of June. Justin Scott hails from St. Ignatius High School in Chicago. He goes 6'4", 310, number 14 overall player in the country, according to the composite. Uh, He entered the visit with some Miami crystal balls. I think there was a, a thinking that The Hurricanes had a lot of momentum here. Uh, Now that the weekend is over, Gabby, what's your understanding uh, on the impression you have made here on an official visit opportunity? Yeah, I I still think Miami's in a really, really good spot coming out of this official visit weekend. Uh, Coming in, there was a lot of confidence just about where Miami stood. Uh, You know, I I don't know that they walked out of here with a, a verbal commitment or anything like that. Uh, you know, he was here with a lot with a lot of family. It seems like he's being calculated about this decision. Uh, probably my feel is that he's going to kind of go through this summer official visit process, um, you know, maybe makes a, an early, you know, a July decision. Like, you know, kind of what we've been alluding to really coming into the summer that a lot of these guys are going to go through the, the OB process. And then, you know, it's July, really, where a lot of decisions are going to get made. And uh, I, I do think that Miami feels like the, the weekend went really, really well. This was his first time. I think he was here with his like actual, you know, his parents, his family those types of people. He was always there. He was also here with his best friend uh, who he came down both like the last two times with. Uh, so, you know, again, I I think those are all things that are working in Miami's favor. And I, I think they crushed the visit. Uh, I think it went as expected. Uh, you know, maybe you would have liked to get that assurance of like, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm in all that stuff. I'm, I'm not quite sure Miami got that per, like per se, like, uh, but I, I still think that there's a lot of confidence about where they're at coming out of this uh, official visit. So, uh, good news. You know, I think it's I think it's all good news with Justin Scott. Uh, I don't think they did anything to hinder themselves or hurt themselves. Uh, you know, you're going to have to sweat out this Ohio State visit, um, you know, see what else, you know, kind of see what his plan is moving forward, because I don't think he's necessarily laid out that timeline yet. Uh, but, you know, you really just coming out of that. I think, uh, you know, Miami did what they had to do. And I think it went, uh, you know, really according to plan uh, for the most part. Is there a school you think Miami's keeping an eye on? You mentioned Ohio State. He's going to take an official visit there this upcoming weekend. Uh, he's already visited Georgia and Michigan. Is there a school to you that, that you're keeping an eye on slash Miami's keeping an eye on with Justin Scott? Yeah, I mean, I, I think Ohio State, uh, you know, is one of those kind of like, you know, again, one of those schools that hasn't really been talked about a lot, but I think it's telling that, you know, he's he's going to go visit this weekend, you know, and I think when you get to Columbus – uh, you know, I, I think it's kind of, you know, you, you got to hold your breath because what, what those guys have been able to do, Larry Johnson's one of the very best in the country, uh, you know, at, at landing defensive linemen and, you know, getting them to the league. And, uh, you know, he's very well respected, uh, you know, as a defensive line coach. So I think Ohio State is a, a school that they're kind of watching out for there. I think that Georgia visit, you know, still in early June is one to kind of watch. 
you know, they have kind of landed a few guys along the defensive line, but I think Georgia is still a very intriguing option. I'm not really super, I'm not really sweating Michigan too much, um, but I think Ohio State, Georgia, and then, you know, I think Notre Dame is still the wild card. I mean, I think at one point he was considered a Notre Dame lean. Uh, is he going to kind of wait and find a time to visit Notre Dame? Like, is he going to push this thing into the fall to go see some more schools? I think that's maybe the thing I'm, I'm, uh, you know, maybe watching closest is like, how long is just like, is, is, did this summer lock it up for Justin Scott? This, did this, did this summer do enough for him to, you know, make his decision and, and, uh, you know, roll with it and, and do all those things. So, um, you know, I think Ohio State, maybe I'm, I'm definitely watching this upcoming official visit weekend, but I'm also kind of keeping an eye on just his general timeline. The Star Horton Group is a real estate company that covers all of Miami-Dade, Broward, and Palm Beach counties. Born and raised in Miami, Star is committed to growing his clients' wealth and securing their futures. One of the top realtors in the state, Star knows the ins and outs of the market to make sure his clients get the best possible value when they sell or buy. If you're looking to buy or sell or know someone who is, call or text Star directly at 561 561- Five seven three four six six one, and here's the beauty: when you refer someone to Star, he will donate two hundred and fifty dollars to the Miami Hurricanes Athletic Fund in your name upon the closing of the deal. So, to have a great real estate experience and help our Canes, call or text Star today at five six one five seven three four six six one. This episode is also brought to you by Midway Sports, your one-stop shop for all of your sporting good needs, located just two miles south of the University of Miami. This locally owned small business has everything you would need to gear up for every sport. Their stocked up men's, women's, and kids selections has you and your family covered for all of your outdoor needs. Use promo code SMOKE15 for 15% off your online order at MidwaySports.com. Are you a business owner or manager in need of seasonal or temporary staff? Let the folks at LT Pro Enterprises assist. The folks at LT Pro Enterprises can help you find laborers for your business in the state of Florida with an expanding footprint to other states as well. Reach out to Lionel Torres at TorresLionel1, the number one, at gmail.com. LT Pro Enterprises your source for all of your staffing and labor needs. This is putting you on the spot, but I am curious, how would you rank maybe where Miami feels confidence if you throw Justin Scott into the mix with the other five-star defensive yeah. linemen that have visited? Like, just to review, Camorian Franklin out of Lake Comorant, Mississippi, visited the first weekend. Then the second weekend, of course, had David Stone out of IMG Academy. Uh, Colin Simmons, who's more of an edge rusher, but he is out of Duncanville, Texas. Dylan Stewart, another edge guy out of the Washington, D.C. area. And Aiden Breland out of Matter Day High School. I know last, last week you made it clear, like Miami feels like they made a big jump with Aiden Breland, with Colin Simmons, with Dylan Stewart. Um and that, that doesn't mean that they are also not in good spots with the other guys. But I'm curious, how would you assess the vibes coming out of Justin Scott's weekend here compared to these other five-star official visits? Yeah, I've been coming into the weekend. I said I would probably put Justin Scott on, on the top of, you know, even, you know, whatever that group was. I know I, I ranked it. Um, I, I would put Justin Scott at the top. I would still put Justin Scott at the top. I think that Really, I, uh, you know, I think there was a sense that, you know, he could have committed this weekend. And I think, you know, just his family is just kind of maybe kind of holding him, maybe keeping it more grounded of just like, hey, let's maybe finish out this process. Let's go through this thing. We're going to sit down and talk about this. But, you know, I, I do feel like they did enough this weekend to potentially earn a Justin Scott commitment. You know, it just, you know, maybe I think everyone maybe just hit the hit the brakes where it's just like, hey, let's kind of slow this thing down. Let's kind of just finish this. Let's round out what we planned out to do. So I would put I would still put Justin Scott at the top of, you know, really on top of Aiden Breland, on top of even Dylan, you know, the Dylan Stewart, Colin Simmons, David Stones, uh, Kamarian Franklin, all those guys. Like, I still think if there is one five star defensive lineman that Miami's best position to add to the class, like I still feel like Justin Scott is that guy. 
Okay, let's move on to a top target at the running back position. That is Mr. Kevin Riley out of Tuscaloosa County in the state of Alabama back or in the Alabama Crimson Tide's backyard. Um, he goes 5'10", 5'11", 195, number 81 overall player in the country, according to the composite. Uh, Gabby, what are the vibes there? Miami crushed it. Uh, you know, Miami was the only summer official visit planned for Kevin Riley. Uh, I think that they, I, I, I really coming into the weekend, right. I was also kind of saying like, look, like this weekend is really about Justin Scott. It's about Kevin Riley. And yeah, there's other people here, but I mean, those are their two, you know, those are the two guys that they feel like they need to have out of this weekend. And I think that they did everything that they could have, everything that could have gone right, went right with Kevin Riley. Uh, I'm feeling really, really good about where Miami's at right now. Uh, just kind of coming out of the weekend. We saw a lot of bat signals from the staff on Saturday night. Uh, you know, I, I'm under the impression that Kevin Riley, uh, you know, kind of sounded those alarms. And, uh, you know, so I, I mean, I'm feeling super good about where the Hurricanes are at in that recruitment. You mentioned it right in Nick Saban's backyard, you know, right there in Tuscaloosa County. Um, you know, I think we at 247 Sports have him as the number four running back in the country. Maybe I think the composite. Uh, maybe he's like the number six running back in the country. I don't have it right in front of me, but he's, you know, he's been their top running back target dating back to like when Kevin Smith was here. Uh, you know, he was Kevin Smith's top running back target this cycle. Like there was no one he wanted more. Um, you know, there is, a, I don't know, there's something about Alabama based running backs that people are kind of liking. I mean, the Quinshawn Judkins out of Pike Road. I mean, I'm sure there's others, but I, I know Miami wanted to kind of go into, you know, that general area and find a tailback. And Kevin Riley was one they ad- identified early. I think they've done a great job recruiting him. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if those, uh, you know, investments kind of paid off here um, soon, you know, with uh, the Hurricanes potentially getting some good news there. You kind of had a similar vibe last weekend uh, with Elijah Lofton, the tight end out of Bishop Gorman. Uh, Elijah pulled the trigger on a commitment, I believe, on Thursday, uh, this past Thursday. Do you feel like, a soon timeline like that could be the case with Kevin Riley with Miami pulling a commitment here, maybe sometime this week. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, we start seeing some things out of Kevin Riley's camp about, you know, I don't know if he's going to set a commitment date or if he's just going to kind of pop or whatever the case is. But again, I mean, I, I, I asked him on Sunday, like you, you're going to go anywhere else this summer. Like what else you got going on? And he doesn't seem to have any visits planned period. He said, Oh, I might, might map out some stuff in the fall. Uh, this and that but right now it just seems like Miami right now and, and I think that's more of a te- it's not a testament to a lack of interest I think it's more of just what Miami's been able to do in this recruitment so yeah you know I wouldn't be surprised if you know we're we're, we're talking about Kevin Riley as uh, a member of Miami's class very very soon and if he did uh, I mean maybe you, you probably have it pulled up David you can correct me if I'm wrong but I believe he would be the highest ranked player yes. in Miami's class um, as the yep. composite has him as a number 81 overall player I mean the top 100 talent uh, would be a huge, huge addition. And again, I think it would be Miami hitting on a on a prospect that's at the top of the board. And, you know, we've talked about Jarek Gibson a lot on this podcast, but, you know, I yep. really I really do get the I, I, I've been getting the feeling here over the past couple of weeks that they like, you know, they, they like Jarek Gibson. He's a, he's a good he's a great running back prospect. He's been long linked to Texas. I think it's kind of starting to feel like, you know, he probably is trending towards picking the Longhorns. And I really feel like Miami, uh, not, I, I, I do think that as hard as Miami has been recruiting Jared Gibson, they've also been recruiting Kevin Riley just as hard. And I feel like, you know, mm-hmm. I think there is a feeling within, you know, Coral Gables that, you know, Kevin Riley is maybe a prospect that they maybe even like a little bit more than a Jared Gibson. So I know there's a lot of people that are going to be very, very excited about this addition. Uh, if they were able to land Kevin Riley. And I think they're also preparing for the, the you know, what, what the next few months, the next six months really potentially looks like if Kevin Riley does pick Miami out of Alabama's backyard. Alabama doesn't have a running back committed. Uh, they're, they are recruiting Kevin Riley. And so I think that they're up for, uh, you know, whatever's potentially coming next if he does join the class and, uh, you know, makes this decision to to be a hurricane and, uh, again, Miami's here for it. They had to do it last cycle. They had to hold on to a lot of guys and, you know, play keep away. And, uh, you know, again, I think they're here for all that. So I think uh, a lot to be excited about, especially with Kevin Riley. That would be good news if they're able to pull Mr. Riley into the class. Uh, next guy to talk about, Elias Rudolph, 
64205 defensive end at a Deerfield Beach. Uh, transferred to Deerfield Beach this offseason. He's originally from the state of Ohio. He has already visited uh, Pittsburgh and Michigan. He is set to visit Ohio State this upcoming weekend. But Gabby, what's your sense on the impression Miami made on Elias Rudolph this weekend? Yeah, I think it was a massive one. Uh, you know, c- coming in, I feel like I was kind of just, I wasn't, I didn't have a firm grasp on Miami's perspective of Elias Rudolph. Like, was he someone that, again, they're chasing the Dylan Stewart's and the Colin Simmons and a lot of these big time dudes. Like, where did Elias Rudolph kind of fit? Where, where did he kind of fit into this whole crop of, you know, really it's like 12 guys, you know, like it, it's a lot to sort out about like mm-hmm. how they kind of stack up. Uh, you know, I got confirmation on Sunday, like Elias Rudolph is 100% a take for them. Uh, Miami wants Elias Rudolph, you know, Michigan, those Michigan crystal balls rolled in, uh, you know, coming off of that uh, trip to Ann Arbor and just talking to Elias Rudolph on Sunday. I mean, I got the feeling that like, man, Miami really did make an impact on here. He told me Miami made it. He said tremendous impact. I mean, he couldn't say better things about the way the Miami visit went. And I feel like I have to kind of sort out through after like, hey, was is this kind of his personality? I don't have a ton of exposure to him, but Miami does feel like they really did make a move here. Uh, they feel like they put themselves in a much better spot than they did coming in. Uh, Jason Taylor, you know, kind of, uh, you know, really spearheading kind of this whole thing as a pass rusher. They think he has a very bright future. He think they think he's someone that can, can add the weight, uh, be kind of like that speed rusher off the edge. Uh, they think he's an awesome athlete and they definitely feel like they closed the gap on Michigan. He's playing his high school football, like you said, David, at Deerfield Beach, originally from the Cincinnati area. So he is considering, you know, Ohio State at one point was a crystal ball leader. Now it's Michigan. Uh, th- where does Miami kind of sort into this? Because again, he's not technically a South Florida recruit. He's just playing kind of his last right. year of football here. So can Miami pull him away really from what his is his traditional region? That's kind of the I think the interesting kind of dynamic here. But I think after this Ohio State visit, it's going to be sit down, make it make a decision. And look, I think Miami gave Elias Rudolph a lot more to think about uh, coming out of this weekend. And I, I could see the intrigue, you know, just kind of looking at him. He is big and tall and long. He's slender. He is really lean. Um, but again, if you can add the weight onto him, which I think they typically feel like they can. I know there's some guys that maybe just haven't, but I think they feel like Elias Rudolph can put on the weight. And they, I think if they, if he does, they're really excited about what he could be in the future. And, you know, Michigan thinks so too. And they put defensive linemen in the league regularly. So um, yeah, I'm, I, I think that Elias Rudolph is maybe a name that, uh, you know, we need to know uh, more than more so than I thought coming into the weekend. I'm curious how you feel like his body type compares to Cyrus Moss, who uh, joined Miami in what the 2022 class. Yeah. He's and everyone's different, uh, yeah. but he's a slender guy, defensive end. Mm-hmm. He's now just starting. I think to you're starting to see the weight kind of stick onto him here uh, this off season. Uh, how do you feel like Rudolph compares body type wise to Cyrus Moss? Yeah, I think I think Cyrus Moss is. I mean, I, they say Elias Rudolph is two hundred and five pounds. I mean, I mean, I feel like until you like put him on a scale and re- like, I don't really know if he's quite that heavy. Maybe he is, but I really think Cyrus Moss was much thinner. You know, coming out of like, I think Cyrus Moss maybe in like that one ninety range. Yeah, I don't know what he. he I don't know what he's at now. I think I think Elias Rudolph maybe has a little bit more, like maybe a little bit more filled out than Cyrus Moss. But I feel I do feel like they're very comparable. And yeah, Cyrus Moss, you know, maybe it's taking him a little bit more time to put on the weight again. Like you said, I do think it's starting to kind of come in a little bit. You know, we saw him on, what was it, Thursday? And I think you can kind of see that it started. It's He's still yeah. nowhere near. He's still more to he, go. Yeah. I think that he still has a long way to go. But I think you can't just look at Elias Rudolph and think and like be like, oh, what if he's another Cyrus that it's kind of tough to put on the weight? Uh, you know, every body type's different. And I think, you know, there's also plenty of other examples of guys who have gone into the program and have added the weight that they've needed right. to add pretty quickly. So they do feel like their program is, you know, one that is going to kind of help him do whatever he needs right, to right. do. Um, but yeah, I feel like they're, you know, they're similar in a lot of ways. They're kind of long. I think maybe Cyrus Moss is probably a little bit lankier. Like I do think he's been probably a little yeah. bit taller or probably a little bit longer. Um, but everything that I, I'm hearing about Elias Rudolph is just that he's a big, big time athlete. Cyrus Moss was too... Um, you know, yeah, not right. taking away anything away from him, but I do feel like body types are, are, are pretty, pretty similar. I would say. Okay. Yeah. I was just curious. I'm not saying it to like criticize 
you know, liking Elias. I like Elias's tape a lot. Um, but I was just curious your take on that. Yeah. Um, Jaden Jackson, the four-star, borderline four-star defensive tackle out of IMG Academy. Uh, he goes 6'2", 300. Interesting defensive tackle. I think he's a, he would be a very nice depth defensive tackle. What is the impression Miami made here? Yeah, I don't think coming out of the weekend, Miami's just banging their chest, feeling like they're the leaders here, uh, feeling like, you know, a ton of like, yeah, this is a guy that we feel like we got locked up uh, coming out. Uh, I think they get the feel that, again, early July decision. I've heard the date July 4th kind of floated around of when he's going to make a choice. Florida's in there. He went up to Ohio State, got down to Miami. I think he's going to go see Texas next weekend. So Miami's in the mix there. And I'm not saying Miami won't get the kid, but I'm just saying I don't think that they're coming out of the weekend feeling like, they're certainly the choice or that they're even feeling really good about where they kind of stack in that group. I think it's just going to be, I think it's going to come down to what the family kind of sits down and figures out there just kind of after this Texas official visit. So I think they, I mean, they're a school that's in the mix there. Uh, he's a body. Th- I mean, he's a coveted dude. I mean, that, that group of four yeah. schools is, is impressive. Um, yeah. You know, so there, there's no shortage of people who like Jaden Jackson, like the body type and all that stuff. And Miami's certainly one of them, but I don't know if they feel like they're, you know, the school for him right now. So I think there's still more to learn about that recruitment, even, uh, you know, from that perspective. So that's kind of my read. That's my best read really on that situation. I wasn't able to talk to him on Sunday. And next we got a couple of late additions to the visitor list, both being offensive linemen, but let's start with Moritz Schmoranzer out of North Cross School in Roanoke, Virginia. He goes 6'4", 280. Three-star uh, prospect, but he is a, a guy that's garnered interest from, you know, the Pittsburghs, the Virginia Techs, the West Virginias. He's taken official visits to those schools. Uh, Miami here is, you know, identified him during the summer. He is kind of that intriguing developmental interior offensive lineman. Uh, what type of impression did Miami make this this weekend? with Moritz yeah you know I I do think that he checked off like you know I think he passed the eye test uh everything that they kind of wanted to see from him I I think he's someone that they would take no questions asked uh I I, mine was late to the game a little bit and uh you know again I think I said it coming in I think they're kicking themselves a little bit for that uh they're focused on some other guys that didn't work out that materialized so uh thankfully they quickly pivoted to him but I, I I still get the feel like, you know, I think Pitt's one school that he really wants to check out here this next final weekend. And I think Miami did a lot to kind of just put them up there in that maybe top group where they are in a position to potentially land him. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if he was someone that landed in this class. But I think Pittsburgh's done a really good job recruiting him. Those guys do a great job evaluating. And I think they identified him sooner. Um, you know, they're going to get that kind of final official visit. And uh, so that is one school I'm watching. I think that was kind of the sense that I got, uh, you know, just kind of checking in after the visit. It was just kind of like, hey, I mean, we'll, we'll kind of know more after this pit visit. Like, you know, we like that's definitely a school that he wants to see. So, um, you know, I think Miami could potentially be up there with Pitt. Like maybe I'm not I'm not I'm not speaking for the kid or anything like that. But I think their feeling is, is maybe closer to like, hey, like visit went super well, like really, really well. But was it enough to kind of make up for the lost time that we didn't really get because we weren't recruiting him? So um, I, I think I, I'm really looking hard at this pit visit and seeing uh, how much that kind of sweat, like just really how much that impacts that recruitment. And the last guy to touch on here is Derek Plaz, six foot five, two sixty five, offensive lineman out of Andrew Jackson High School in Jacksonville, Florida. His recruitment has already had some twists and turns here during this month of June. He visited Penn State in that first weekend of June, uh, committed to Penn State pretty much immediately coming out of that weekend. Then he decommitted uh, from that pledge on June 15th. Then the next day, he sets up an official visit to Miami. Gabby, what's what's the deal here? And uh, yeah, let's just, what's going on? Yeah, I, I just this is a super weird situation just because my, I mean, mine was pretty stunned when he made that decision to commit to Penn State because, you know, it was his first official visit. I think they were under the impression that he was going to, again, just kind of go through this summer process 
Um, so I, I, I think they're, again, I think it was kind of well-placed that kind of concern or like, you know, because I think Plaz obviously ends up opening up his recruitment. He felt like he rushed it, uh, you know, less than 24 hours after he drops a decommitment note. Uh, he's in Coral Gables for an official visit with Miami. The, the weekend he was originally supposed to officially visit him them, so it kind of worked out that way. They were able to quick, kind of quickly add him back in, into you know the whatever they had scheduled. Um, you know, I think kind of going into the summer, it, it was Miami kind of thought it was Miami, NC State. Those are the two schools at the top. That's what he. That's what Plaz told me. He told me like you know Miami and NC State were the two schools he liked most. That's and that's what made the Penn State thing even more like whoa, what just kind of happened here. Um, but yeah, you know, I, I think that's kind of, it's kind of reverted back to that Miami NC state. I think Miami did a lot this weekend to help themselves. Uh, he was there with his mom and I get the, I got the kind of the feel that mom is maybe most comfortable with him being at Miami or Penn state. Um, she likes Penn state. I think, you know, they obviously, you know, checked off a lot of boxes and, you know, there was a reason why that kind of all materialized. I think he, they, I think Penn state had mom's blessing, but, you know, just kind of now with the reshuffling of things, I think they feel like maybe mom likes Miami more than NC State, but the kid has always really liked NC State a lot. And I think that's maybe kind of the the dynamic here is just Miami's really sweating NC State. Like they really think that there's a chance that he let that he commit, like, you know, he ends up picking NC State or he just kind of extends the process and kind of goes through it and sees what else is potentially out there down the line when other schools maybe start pivoting after missing on some of those guys. So um, I think he's kind of a wild card right now just because of, you know, the whole reset of his recruitment and that maybe the change of approach. Um, he was originally supposed he, – he told me originally he wanted to commit in September at some time. Um, I could see that timeline maybe holding or maybe, again, just kind of in July sometime after he's kind of taken some of these trips, depending on how they went. But I, I think NC State's a very real threat, but I think coming out of the weekend, Miami feels good about the work that they did and uh, how much, you know, they were able to, uh, I don't know, maybe close the gap a little bit. I don't know if that's even the right word, but they feel like he's someone that they they feel better about the potential of him being in this class coming out of the weekend. Do you think he should be viewed as a tackle or as an interior guy? I mean, I think he's probably, you know, I, I think he could be a tackle type, you know, just looking at his body. I think he's someone that, you know, still, I think he could still grow physically. Like he's not like a very like pudgy guy. Like I think he has a good frame where you can throw, you know, 20 more pounds on him and he could still roll. Around. Yeah. I mean, I could see him being, a, a, you know, an athletic tackle type, Um, you know, maybe like a right tackle. I don't know if he's ever going to be like a, a left tackle here, but I could see him being like, you know, one day being a right tackle, maybe maybe one day after Francis Malagoa, because I don't think Francis Malagoa is moving anytime soon. But I think he's a develop, you know, kind of like what they're looking for, a developmental tackle that could mm -hmm. potentially be on play on the right side one day. That's kind of how I view him. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Every sport has their big, juicy controversy. Boxing has the Mike Tyson ear bite. Cycling has Lance Armstrong. Baseball has its steroid era. Curling has Broomgate. It's a story of broken relationships, houses divided, corporate rivalry, and a performance-enhancing broom. It was a year I'd like to forget. Broomgate. Available now. All right. Let's, uh, so that's it with the official visitors. Yep. Um, let's move on now to other names that are kind of popping up here on the radar in various ways. Uh, again, the month of June is a busy, busy time in the current recruiting calendar and recruiting is not in a vacuum, right? So guys that are committed to other schools that Miami's chasing guys that Miami hosted on official visits already this month are also visiting other spots, but let's, uh, let's discuss some names that are popping up here recently and just kind of share what's going on there from a Miami perspective. And Gabby, I want to talk quarterback. Uh, the Elite 11 Finals uh, just happened this past weekend. And one of the 
interesting names participating uh, is from the state of Florida. His name is Trevor Jackson. He is from West Orange High School. Last season, he threw for over 1,500 yards with 16 touchdowns and seven interceptions. Also rushed for 306 yards and six touchdowns. He's a guy that is slowly picking up big-time interest. And there is some sense maybe that Miami could be interested after an evaluation. I guess, how would you describe where things are at right now with Miami and Trevor Jackson? Yeah, I, I think you I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, I think he's someone that, you know, they really, they, they just want to see in person. And, um, you know, I think that there's, I don't think Miami's like actively, and I think I've said this before, I don't think Miami's like actively looking for a second quarterback, right? Like, I don't think they're right. out there like, yeah, we need to find a second arm. Who's it going to be? Anything like that. If that were the case, I think it would be more like, I, I think they would be very much more proactive about it. And I think it would be just, right. you know, I just get the feel that, you know, Trevor Jackson is still looking for a home. Uh, he right. was going to visit Missouri. Missouri took a quarterback. He was gonna, he visited Texas A&M. Texas A&M took a quarterback, uh, a second quarterback. So Texas A&M is probably closed. Uh, he visited them. I think he went to Pittsburgh. That's probably a school, you know, he's really looking at. I know Maryland just offered, you know, he's looking at them. So I think Trevor, I think there's a situation where maybe Trevor Jackson reached out to Miami and said, hey, is there any, is there an opportunity here? And I think Miami's open to the idea of evaluating him. They have it to this point. So there was kind of stuff around that Miami offered Trevor Jackson. They did not. Uh, they're not going to offer a quarterback uh, until they watch them throw live. And from my understanding, Miami did not watch Trevor Jackson this spring. They did not watch him throw this spring. They're also very, you know, I think content with what they have in Jud Judd Anderson. I think they feel like, uh, you know, he's a quarterback that can play here. They like what he can be in a few years. So they 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 love Judd Anderson. Um, but I think they're also open to, you know, evaluating Trevor Jackson and a place where that could happen is at legends camp on Thursday. I think they're right. open to the idea of Trevor Jackson coming down, throwing from them at legends camp. I'm sure he'll go through a private workout with Shannon Dawson, go through the gauntlet, and then we'll kind of go from there. So I think there's definitely Miami interest from Trevor Jackson's end. I think he would love to get an opportunity to play at Miami, but Miami's still in a kind of a, a, a kind of a, an evaluation mode where, Hey, we got to see what you got. We're not just going to offer you because you're an elite 11 quarterback. And because all these things and because you know we know we, i mean probably i mean if you push for trevor jackson i think there's a, probably a, an okay chance that you could probably make that situation kind of work out um so i think there he is going to get an opportunity to throw for miami if he passes that test i mean i would not be surprised if miami did you know extend an offer and be like okay you know i will, maybe we'll take another arm if this is something that you know makes sense for the program makes sense for what we're doing and also doesn't disrupt what's going on with Judd Anderson. Judd Anderson just led his team to uh, one of those seven on seven tournament cha championships at the university of Georgia. And I think he, you know, maybe threw a couple balls for Georgia OC Mike Bobo and not saying that that's, I mean, Georgia has two great, two good quarterbacks committed with D Dylan Raiola and Brian Pugsley Puglisi. Uh, so not saying Georgia is going to offer Judd Anderson or anything like that, but I do think it's interesting that Bobo wanted to kind of watch him spin it around and kind of see what he had. And he had a great day at that seven on seven tournament. Uh, at in Athens, from what I understand, so Miami's super happy about what they got in Judd. So I yeah. think if Trevor Jackson, if any of this stuff kind of comes together, it's going to be because he really impresses uh, during a workout, uh, potentially on th Thursday. I'm not saying he's definitely throwing on Thursday, but that's kind of the feel. Like, hey, if you want to come earn an offer from Miami, you got you're gonna have to come work out uh, at Legends Camp on Thursday. So that's one storyline, uh, maybe going into Thursday that I'm probably most intrigued. Uh, you know, interested in, uh, maybe I should say, uh, cause that could be a fun kind of deal to watch kind of happen in front of us. Would you be against Miami pursuing a second quarterback in this class? Um, no, I, I don't think I'd be totally against it. Um, if they like, again, they have to like him. I mean, it, I, I would be against it if it was just like, Hey, we're just going to take two because we want to take two and who the second quarterback is. I mean, whatever, let's just throw, uh, bodies at it. I, I wouldn't be a huge fan of that approach. Are you passionate about Trevor Jackson? I guess no, is what I'm, I would. I'm, I'm definitely not. I'm probably I'm I'm not personally super passionate about Trevor Jackson. But I also have a. I mean, I guess we watched him in that Orlando camp, and I don't know. I wasn't like blown away by him. I wasn't like I didn't. I don't think I walked away from that feeling like, dude, this guy's like a total like like how are people missing on this kid? Like I didn't walk away from that Under Armour camp feeling that way. Um, so no, I'm not super passionate about Trevor Jackson. I'm probably more passionate about go get a 
and then, again, this is not a knock on Jakari or what he can be. I'm more, I'm way more passionate about like, go find a, a quarterback in the portal in December. Like that's my kind of personal yeah. preference that I feel like I've made yeah, yeah. pretty known. I would here. agree. So yeah. I'm not, again, I mean, if Trevor Jackson like, bl- like blows, like, you know, Thursday, maybe I'll be, I could be saying something different, totally different on Thursday afternoon. But right now I'm not like super like, yeah, dude, go get Trevor Jackson or go get anyone really that's like kind of possible. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be super passionate about like most quarterbacks if they decided, Hey, we're going to go get a second one. Unless it was like, again, like total stud, Aaron Nolan or all right. You're, you're eight and oh, and it's like, Hey, we're going to just go, you know, chucking arrows at some of these top arms and see if one bites. Yeah. I mean, I'm not against the idea of, of, getting a Trevor Jackson, just the idea of him, right? I believe he's a younger guy for his class, right? I think he might be only still 16 years old, which indicates there's still a lot more physical development there. Um, I'll admit, Gabby, like when I watch his tape, this is just his highlight tape. His his physical skill set reminds me a little bit of Nikosi Perry. Like he has a good arm to make all the throws, not like a dynamic runner, but a good enough athlete, mobile enough that a defense has to respect that area of his game. Uh, from a physical traits, he kind of reminds me of Nikosi Perry. Now, you know, that doesn't mean his career is going to be like Nikosi Perry's. Uh, you know, physical traits was not Nikosi's issue. It was things like maturity and putting in the work and processing defenses. I think Nikosi would even admit, you know, his first two or three years at Miami, he kind of had the wrong approach in terms of uh, attacking the work and taking things seriously like he should have. Um, and I'll admit to Gabby, uh, you know, look, I haven't seen Judd Anderson in person yet. But to me, when I just watch their tape, so I watch Trevor Jackson's tape and then boom, immediately go watch Judd Anderson's tape. I think Judd Anderson's tape is better. And I honestly don't think it's very close. I think to me, they are both kind of similar developmental type of quarterbacks. But to me, Anderson has a higher upside in almost every category, much bigger arm, bigger frame to develop. Uh, I honestly think Judd is a better athlete too with the way he moves. So, um, you know, again, I think it's fine taking two quarterbacks, but I personally would not get caught up in the shiny new toy factor of like, oh, Trevor Jackson's better than Judd Anderson. We got to go get Trevor Jackson. I personally, just judging off their tapes, I personally don't subscribe to that. I think Judd Anderson is still a better quarterback than Trevor Jackson. I think a lot of people, I think what you're saying reflects a lot of really what I've heard kind of just internally, just really about Judd Anderson, like period. Like I feel like they throw on Judd Anderson's tape and it's not like he's, you know, again, like I I think people in the building would totally subscribe to your line of thinking of just Judd Anderson, you do that exact same thing. And I think they'd feel like they'd take Judd Anderson over a number of arms and who knows, we'll, we'll see where that kind of shakes out in a couple of years. It's hard to know right now, unless you're just like kind of stargazing, looking at, you know, the recruiting rankings, which is fine. It's an indicator of talent and all that stuff. But yeah, I think, I think like things like this are exactly why Miami feels like they have something in Judd Anderson. Cause if they're just evaluating the tape, this is what they see. And they're saying like, Oh, you can get caught up in the elite 11 stuff and this and that, but they're talking about like, Hey, just, just put, and what mine is encouraged about is that that what you're watching, David is his first year playing, like really in kind of like a spread attack. Like they think that he's still got so much room to grow so much development ahead of him. And so much like really just, just, just so much positivity and potential, uh, you know, as he grows and as he matures physically, mentally, all those types of things. And so, yeah, I mean, I think that's why like the Trevor Jackson stuff, it's not just like a layup, like, Oh yeah, definitely go get Trevor Jackson. Because I think there's a lot of people that feel those the exact same way that you do. Yeah. And again, like if we're talking air Nolan, that's a totally different conversation. Like air Nolan's a stud. Go get That's not a move. That's not a move you can make until you win. Like until like, that's only a move you can make if you, get past Texas A&M early and you kind of go on a little run and you start, to, then you can go, go right. you, you go, you go, you go circle back on that and see where right. that, where that leads you. 
But until right. then, this is this is kind of this kind of has to be the approach. Attention business owners. I'm going to say three words you've probably heard of by now. Employee retention credit. If you're a business owner with W2 employees and you haven't explored this program, you need to schedule a call with our friends at Foreman Law Offices ASAP. The employee retention credit can put thousands of dollars back into the hands of business owners. However, the rules are complex and have changed many times since the inception of the program. You need to have a qualified law firm with experience in the ERC. Evaluate this for your business. You won't owe them a dime until you get paid. All you have to do is go to erclawyers.com and fill out the short questionnaire to schedule a call with their team. Two minutes may be worth thousands of dollars for your business. Get it done today. erclawyers.com. Tell them TTS sent you for Through the Smoke. Money can be the root of all evil when you don't understand it. A couple of bad decisions shouldn't continue to affect us years later, and the path to recovery shouldn't be as painful as the regret. Everyone at some point needs help with their financial situation, and Pride Financial can lend that helping hand. Pride Financial offers a patient and judgment-free environment and will provide you with the knowledge and power you need to realize your dreams. Once they identify your goals, they will guide you to the finish line, holding your hand every step of the way. Repairing and building credit is only the first step. They'll educate you on a variety of banking and financial institutions, what resources they offer, and how to maximize funding for your financial needs. Gain access to a vast network of realtors and licensed dealers to receive outstanding deals on prime real estate and the newest vehicles to fit your lifestyle. They even offer education and services to assist those more involved on the business side of things. Text 305-393-7698 or email globalchoice underscore consulting at yahoo.com to book a free consultation with Pride Financial. And let's take pride in our finances. Another guy to talk about that's kind of popping up here on, on my on the Miami radar, uh, Adarius Hayes, who you've mentioned here in passing, I think on the podcast, Gabby, how Miami is a big fan of Adarius Hayes. He's a Florida commit. Out of Largo High School, he goes 6'4", 210, number 51 overall player in the country, according to the composite. Um, what do we need to know here from a Miami standpoint? Yeah, Adarius Hayes took an unofficial visit, a uh, key unofficial visit, um, on Friday and Saturday with the program kind of coming in. This is something that's been planned for a while. Like This is kind of a date that Miami had circled on their calendar of getting Adarius Hayes down. This weekend, again, this is th- this is their top, like this is one of their top defensive targets, period. Like they think Darius Hayes yeah. is one of the is probably the best linebacker in the country. Like they like Miami lo- absolutely loves Darius Hayes. Um he, they're 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 gonna play the long game here. Uh they, this weekend was unofficial intentionally, just because they feel like he is, you know, obviously committed to Florida, but they feel like he is kind of open to looking around, which is pr- and I think this weekend is proof that Darius Hayes came down. They wanted to do that in in like, you know, that quiet space to allow them to work, all that type of stuff. Um, you know, I, from what I've gathered, it was a huge success. They feel like, you know, they did all the things that they kind of needed to do to show Darius Hayes, like, this is what Miami's about. Uh, they feel like, you know, really they, they impressed in a lot of ways. I mean, they, you know, they did everything that they could possibly do during an unofficial visit, which of course is different from an official visit in terms of where you can kind of take the kids, all that type of stuff. But I think Miami kind of laid out the, kind of rolled out the red carpet, showed him what they had to offer. Um, and look, I, th- I think they feel good about the fact that he's, this is probably not going to be his one and only time on campus. I think they feel like, you know, that, you know, maybe even that last week of July, you know, they always, it o- always opens up at, you know, that last weekend of July. Uh, I think that's a time, you know, during that barbecue, whatever that they usually do at the end of July, like that's a period where they would love to get a Darius Hayes back. They would like love to get him back in the fall for an official visit. They think all this stuff is, you know, in like, you know, in play. Like the, this is the approach. Uh, there's other schools yeah. in there. They feel like Alabama's recruiting him hard. And Notre Dame is a school that I've heard that's recruiting a Darius Hayes. And again, I think a Darius Hayes, again, while he's, he's staying committed to Florida, 
but I think he's definitely weighing out all of his options. Like he's going to go through the process. Like we've seen other committed recruits do. And this of course is not a guarantee that he's going to flip from Florida. No one's saying he's definitely going to do that. Um, but I think he is doing his due diligence. And I think Miami is one of those schools that he's giving a genuine look to. And I, I do think Miami helped themselves this weekend, uh, you know, on that front again, playing the long game here. I mean, this is a, this is a June to December type of recruitment where, you know, at the end of the day, when you got to make a decision, I think Miami feels like they're going to have a hat on the table. So that's, that's the place that yeah. you want to be. Three down. He's a three down linebacker. Uh, to yeah. me, he's a middle linebacker. That's long, violent, yeah. athletic, can stay on the field on passing down. So you want to fix your issue at middle linebacker landing a guy like a Darius Hayes is how you do that. Uh, let's stay at linebacker with James Nesta, who uh, I think listeners will remember is a four-star linebacker that visited Miami the first official visit weekend of June. He is out of William Amos Huff High School in Cornelius, North Carolina. He goes 6'4", 205. Uh, he has visited North Carolina and Oklahoma here recently. Gabby, what's kind of the latest with James Nesta? Because I, I know coming out of that visit, you made it clear coming out of his Miami visit, you made it clear like, man, Miami really pressed, pressed, pressed to try and get him on the boat. Couldn't quite get that done. But that still to me indicates like he is one of their top guys that they would love to have in this class. What's the latest developments here with, with James Nesta as he's gone through the process here? Yeah, I, I really think Miami was trying really hard to get him to not go to Oklahoma and again, try to wrap that thing up before he got out to Norman. And I think that mentality again was kind of well placed because I think they I think the feeling now kind of coming out of that Oklahoma visit is that maybe the Sooners are you know things have swayed in that direction where I think they're feeling like you yeah. know maybe Oklahoma is the school that maybe he's trending towards now um you know I've been chatting with uh Colin Kennedy who does a great job covering the Sooners for us over at Sooners Illustrated on the 24-7 sports network and uh you know I think they did the whole baseball football thing I think it's something Oklahoma has done in the past with you know, football players also playing baseball, the dual sport thing. Uh, Brett Venables is basically the linebackers coach at Oklahoma. I think that's something that, you know, we talk about here at Miami, right? With offensive linemen, like, oh, the offensive, like, you know, your, you know, Mario Cristobal will basically also be your offensive line coach along with Alex Mirabal. So it's like the head coach and the defensive coordinator are basically with the linebacker room in, at Oklahoma. And I think that's a really attractive opportunity. Again, I think that's something Miami was concerned about going in. And so, you know, right now, uh, basically, look, I mean, I, if I could put it this way, the feedback I kind of got on Sunday evening uh, when I was, you know, kind of checking in on a Darius Hayes is my right now, Miami probably feels better about where they're at with a Darius Hayes than they do about James Nesta. And you could take that for what, whatever it's worth. But I think it's one, a testament to how well they feel like that a Darius Hayes visit went and two, kind of where they feel like things are kind of going with James Nesta. Uh, with yeah. with Oklahoma I don't think North Carolina is like a huge factor I think it's really Miami or Oklahoma I think it's what it came down to and I do feel like I'm getting the one getting kind of like the feedback I'm kind of getting leads me to believe that Oklahoma is probably where he's going yeah I mean you make a good point with the Brent Venables thing and his ability to produce linebackers to me like James Nesta he seems like that type of Clemson linebacker that they had when Brent Venables was there, yeah. uh, you know, as one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. And, um, you know, of course, James Nesta's from the Carolinas, mm -hmm. which is where Clemson is. So there's, there's a connection there. So I think we'll, one, see. we'll keep one, one kind of player comp and, you know, credit Andrew Ivins for this. And I think other people have since agreed that it's a good player comp is, like James Nesta kind of reminds people of, of Wade Woodas, which is a linebacker out of Tampa Jesuit who signed with Clemson, Brett Venables and Clemson. And, you know, he's, he's probably going to be one of their, you know, I think he's kind of emerged as one of their guys now that he's a little bit older. Um, but they think, you know, I think that that's comparable where Brett Venables kind of used James Nesta as a, as a Wade Woodas. And people even think that that Nesta is maybe a little bit more broad than Woodas was at the same stage of development. So maybe they think that he could even be better than a Wade Woodas. So I think that whole thing is, uh, you know, something that Venables can kind of sell. And although, you know, I, I think, again, I think it's a favorable situation. Oklahoma kind of struck out on some linebacker targets from what I've kind of been able to understand. And I think James Nesta kind of became the guy that they needed to sort of get 
So I think it was kind of like a great opportunity, uh, plus kind of being the dude at linebacker uh, for the for Oklahoma. Again, he hasn't made a decision yet, but I, again, that's just kind of like the feedback that I've been able to kind of pick up there. Last guy I want to touch on here is Chance Robinson, who is a Miami commit, top one recruit out of St. Thomas Aquinas, has visited Penn State and Florida. He is set to take an official visit to Miami this weekend. He committed to Miami uh, just after their spring game in April. Uh, but Gabby, there is a little bit of Florida buzz building with Chance Robinson as the Gators look to flip him. Uh, what's your understanding about where things stand with Miami and Chance Robinson right now? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that Miami's been in, you know, kind of step step by step with Chance Robinson through this process. Uh, you know, I think they, they I think the family's done a great job of communicating with Miami. Miami's going to get him on campus for an official visit with week, uh, an official visit this weekend. And, you know, I think Miami's still positioned to, I mean, to hang on. You know, I, I don't think Miami, I don't, I don't think legs are shaking in Coral Gables, like worried about losing Chance Robinson. And, and look, I, I think that there's something to the Florida stuff. I think there's something to him going and doing his homework, you know, and, and look, I mean, the, the, I think a lot of these kids should go and take these visits yeah. and, and do their due diligence. I mean, this is, this is a huge decision. And I, I get to feel that that's kind of the Robinson's mentality going through. It's like, we're just making, like, we're just making sure that this is what we want to do. And I think coming out of the Penn state, out of the Florida visit, uh, just really from like from what I've been able to get from from that from Miami side of this is that they still feel like Chance Robinson's good with them. And I think this weekend will go a long way towards I'm not saying he's going to like shut down his recruitment. Maybe he does. Who knows? That would be best case scenario of just reminding him that like, look, Miami's like this is why you picked Miami. Uh, this is home for you. You know, this is this is the place you're needed, that you're wanted and um, all those types of things. And look, I mean, David, we saw Chance Robinson basically every almost every spring practice that we were at especially towards that tail end of spring. Right. He ended up committing at the spring game. I, I think Miami's still, you know, the school for Chance Robinson. And I think really it doesn't seem to me like people are are nervously like, oh man, like we got to crush it this weekend and we're going to lose him. Like, I think they still feel like Miami's the place for him. All right. Good stuff as always from Gabby. Uh, we will have another podcast here uh, previewing Legends Camp slash a big official visit weekend in terms of numbers. Uh, right now, we expect maybe 15 or 16 guys to visit this week. So there will be plenty to dive into. We'll shoot for a Wednesday podcast where we handle all of that. And uh, again, appreciate everyone for listening. We will be on Kevin Riley Commit Watch this week. We'll see if uh, Miami can get him in the boat. And uh, appreciate everyone for listening. And until next time, take care. of sports mixed with your pop culture along with humor and celebrity interviews your earbuds are enjoying the rich eisen show dan orlovsky are you still a Jaden daniels is the best quarterback available in the draft guy i think the three things that make it stand out for me are number one i think his ball placement versus man coverage is the best in the draft every quarterback in the nfl is accurate he's got the best on tape number two most transferable stuff to the nfl and then i think the third thing is pocket peace search for the rich eisen show on youtube or wherever you listen